Hey, Disney fans, looking for the latest Disney news? And interviews with some of Disney's biggest stars? Have we got the podcast for you. Welcome to D23 Inside Disney. I'm Jeffrey from D23. I'm Zynga from ABC's On the Red Carpet. And I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. And together, we are taking you Inside Disney. Hello, beautiful people. Hello, Hello friends. It's so good to see everyone. Yeah. <laughs> To see you, to see you both. We're going to get into the news in a second, but one of our own has some news. So Zynga, do you want to share a little? Yes, I do. You know, I wasn't on the show last week because I was traveling and there's going to be more traveling to come because we are expanding the Storyteller Spotlight, which is very exciting. And the other projects that we have going on in our inclusive storytelling space. So with that, I have to leave the pot because... It's just my time. There's just a lot of timing conflicts. And with that, I just have to leave the pod. And I'm so sorry. I will miss you all. No. We're going to miss, miss you too. You it's been so too. much fun. But it has been so fun. Yes. It's great that we're going to be able to continue to watch all of your journeys through ABC on the red carpet and Storyteller Spotlight and all the incredible work that you're doing. Yes, Thank yes, you. yes to everything. Jeffrey yes. <laughs> Zynga. I already miss you. I know you're you're no. right here. I can see you. We are talking right now, but I already miss you. You're such an important part of this podcast family forever. So oh, I appreciate keep it. listening Agreed. for some shout outs and some Easter eggs. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Just for you. you. And I appreciate everybody listening. Thank you for welcoming me with open arms. You all rock and I will be listening. Oh, Amazing. Maybe pop back in at some time, you know, to tell Ooh. you. Well, I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> You know where to find us. <laughs> That's true. You do. Generally do. here on Zoom. <laughs> we got a lot of stuff. We got a lot to get to. First, I was lucky enough to be at the Disney 100 kickoff for Disneyland Resort, which was incredible last week. So much fun. And I got to be there with D23's fantastic Sarah Sterling, who Ooh. if you were following along with D23 Social, well, first of all, if you weren't, go back and look at it because the coverage that Sarah did was tremendous. So Dang. amazing. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Sherry, obviously, we had so much fun going on that we talked last week to Jeanette Lomboy all about it. If you have not mm -hmm. listened, go back and listen to that show. The queue, I had a chance to sneak peek the queue a few months ago. The queue is so incredible. It is, there's so many Easter eggs. There's 23 Easter eggs. There are hidden Mickey popcorn kernels. There's a whole tribute to Mickey's Christmas Carol. It's incredible. It's so much fun. It's an attraction unto itself. The attraction, very much the same, but there's a few differences that, that oh. fans, I think, will be able to notice. And the two nighttime spectaculars, uh, World of Color 1, I just love the whole a ripple makes a wave. It's a beautiful message. Really, you know, thinking about how Walt started with just so little and just the basics and really created this entire company and, and all of the wonderful storytelling that we get to do on so many different platforms in so many different ways. Wondrous Journeys. When I tell you there were so many tears, I thought we were going to flood Main Street. It was <laughs> so fantastic. The show is great. There is a nod to every single Walt Disney Animation Studios film, and wow. it is brilliant. There's Flying Baymax. There's Flying yeah. Fairy. There was like my head flying off my shoulders. It was so exciting. <laughs> There's so much more. There's, of course, fabulous merchandise. There's fabulous food. There's going to be the return of Magic Happens, the opening of Toontown. There's so much to come. There's It's wonderful. Congratulations to all of our friends at Disneyland Resort and Disney Parks on the launch of this. It is epic. I can't wait. I can't wait. And 
We have so much news to get to. Zynga, I know you were just in Atlanta, though. Yes, we had a fantastic celebration of the premiere of the 1619 Project with Nicole Hannah-Jones, and I was able to participate in panel discussions. I mean, having this event in Atlanta was fantastic. You know, it is the cradle of the civil rights movement. So it was impactful, beautiful, and just a great experience. Oh, wow. Very awesome. cool. Awesome. Another great experience, National Treasure, Edge of History. We are at the finale, people. We are so close. And we have Lizette Oliveira, the star of the Disney Plus series, breaking down some very fun stuff. Is she a Liam? Is she an Ethan fan? Like, we go in. We go in for it. We go to the Catherine Zeta-Jones. And we go to the Incredicoaster. So stick around <laughs> for that. But first, huge congratulations. I, I feel like every week we're congratulating our friends at the studios for all of the success of The Way of Water. This past weekend, it became the fourth highest grossing film of all time. Wow. It is still number one at the box office after seven weekends. Can we go for eight? I guess we will see. But congratulations. I wonder if it'll win an Oscar. Oh, I really wanted so. to set up a fun transition for Zynga. Thank you. <laughs> well, speaking of the Oscars, guess what, everybody? Kelly Ripa and Ryan Seacrest are returning to host the live after Oscar show. Yes. Whoa. The pair had been recording the show remotely, but now they'll be back in the Dolby Theater. And the dynamic duo will be conducting interviews backstage at the night of the Oscars and on stage the next morning, March 13th at 9 a.m. with a live studio audience for the live after show. My favorite fashion expert, Carson Presley, will serve as a special correspondent on the red carpet, breaking down all the looks. So mark your calendars, folks. The 95th annual Oscars will air March 12th on ABC with Jimmy Kimmel returning as the host of the ceremony. I am just excited. So exciting. Cannot wait for that. Also nominated for an Oscar, the fabulous Angela Bassett for Black Panther. And you know what Black Panther is going to be included in? What? Mm. It is going to be included in Marvel Cinematic Universe, an official timeline book coming in September. It is Whoa. a wow. massive visual guide that Marvel Studios creative team worked on. It is everything. You need to know about the multiverse. They got you covered. You want to know about the blip? Done. There's so much in there. <laughs> Shout out to my pals, Anthony Bresnikan and Amy Ratcliffe, fabulous writers and are both authors of the book. So cannot wait for that to come out in September. That's fantastic. And you know what I'm really excited about? Because I really can't get over the fact about this next news. Tokyo Disney is turning 40. Wow. Which means it's so amazing, I can't believe it. <laughs> Every time you whip out a little bit of Japanese, my heart skips a beat. I get so excited. So, so amazing. <laughs> so listen, details have been revealed for Tokyo Disney Resort's 40th anniversary celebration, which will kick off April 15th, 2023 through March 31st, 2024. And here are some Tokyo Disney Resort 40th anniversary dream go-round Highlights. So listen, there's a pop of color in some of this news because Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea Park entrances will be enhanced with colorful layers of dream garland. Ooh. Yes. And you got some moves? Well, guess what? You're going to love Club Mouse Beat, <laughs> which is the 40th anniversary version of the show in Tomorrowland at Showbase. And it will debut with Mickey Mouse and friends showcasing their best moves to a 40th anniversary theme song while sporting their 40th themed outfits. Ooh, la la. And Sherry, honey, girl, you're going to love this piece of news because there will be special festive food offerings. Oh. Yes, there will. Mm. It will. There's so much more. And y'all can go to Disney Parks blog to find out all the amazing information. Ah, 
Wow, 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 wow. Well, a wish came true thanks to our friends at ESPN. They teamed up with the NFL to send a Make-A-Wish kid to the Super Bowl. How amazing is that? This is a seven-year-old boy. His name is Booth. And he is battling acute lymphoblastic leukemia and arrived in Bristol, Connecticut on the ESPN campus for a full day of activities and wrapped up his day with an extra super surprise, appearing on NFL Live where his big wish came true. He's going to the Super Bowl on February 12th. That is right. How amazing. How amazing. I'm so, so happy for him and his family. To learn more about this 40-plus-year partnership between the Walt Disney Company and Make-A-Wish, visit thewaltdisneycompany.com. Amazing. I love that. I love our partnership Mm -hmm. with Make-A-Wish. And something else I love is Star Wars Celebration because it's going to Europe this year. I don't think I will be going to Europe this year, but you never know. Who knows? Like the the world is a crazy place. (laughs) Star Wars Celebration, for those who don't know, is going to be April 7th through 10th at the XL London in England. That lineup is amazing. You've got two great friends of the pod, first of all, Hayden Christensen and the lovely, talented, and marvelous occasional co-host of our podcast, Ashley Eckstein, who are going to be participating. Amazing. Plus, you've got Katie Sackhoff, Anthony Daniels. Giancarlo Esposito, D. Bradley Baker, Matt Lanter. I mean, so many people. And this is just like the first batch of people that they're announcing. You can read more at StarWarsCelebration.com and tickets are available now. Nice. All right, Jeffrey, earmuffs. Don't say I didn't warn you. 20th Century Studios released oh, no. the Boogeyman trailer. Oh, you That's... said earmuffs. I thought it was going to be cold news, not not scary <laughs> news. <laughs> well, this is a film, if you couldn't tell from the title, it's adapted from Stephen King's 1978 short story about a supernatural being that preys on the suffering of people. Oh, God, that's so funny. I thought that was my mom. Anyway, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Whoa. Spoiler alert. That's deep. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) We're getting back to childhood trauma there. (laughs) I have no trauma. I had a great life. I love my parents. Moving on. Okay. Disclaimer. (laughs) So screenwriter Mark Heyman, who wrote Black Swan, is on board as co-writer. So needless to say, this is a film for adults. Do not take your children. Do not take your Jeffrey. I will be going. (laughs) (laughs) The Boogeyman premieres exclusively in theaters on June 2nd. Nice. Mm. Well, I am very excited about this next piece of news. Disney Plus has debuted the trailer for the new Latin American original series, The Low Tone Club. Mm. Yes, the series uh, follows the story of an unconventional music teacher who starts teaching at a music school that only encourages students who do well by commercial success standards. Now, every year, this principal chooses five students nicknamed the High Tones to be part of the school's prestigious teen band. Now, let me tell you, I watched the trailer and I need everybody to go on over to Disney Plus YouTube page to watch the trailer. You might even like, you know, strike some loops because the music is so good. The series stars Colombian singer Carlos Vives and will premiere all 10 episodes exclusively on Disney Plus on February 22nd. And like I said, check out that trailer. Wow. Mm. Well, King of the Hill fans, rejoice! Hulu has ordered a reboot of the series. So this is a revival of the original iconic animated hit from 20th Century Animation. 
and will be created and executive produced by the original co-creators, Mike Judge and Greg Daniels. And we've got original voice talent coming back too, like Mike Judge again, Kathy Najimy. <laughs> More! Mike Judge everywhere! Kathy Najimy hot off of Hocus Pocus too. That's yes. right! This reboot has been in the works since 2017, so you know oh. it's going to be good. The original series got an Emmy for Outstanding Animated Program, and you can check out the original now streaming on Hulu to get ready for the reboot. Yes. Woohoo! Well, as you're getting ready for the reboot, you know what it's time for. Mm, yes, tell us. It's time for five fantastic things to watch this weekend, presented by State Farm. For complete details and listings, visit d23.com. And remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Sherry, what's up first? Up first, Monsters at Work. It's the episode premiere on Disney Channel Season 1, Episode 9, on Saturday at 8 a.m. I was on a real Monsters at Work kick when that show first premiered on <laughs> Disney+, Plus, and now I want to give it a rewatch. So maybe I'll start this weekend. Yeah. Amazing. And you know what? Don't ever turn off the channel from Disney Channel because shortly thereafter at 9.30 a.m. is a new episode of Hamster and Gretel from our good pal of the pod, Dan Povenmire. So stick around for that. Fantastic. And just in time for Black History Month, we've got Hidden Figures. The Ooh, movie will come. I yes. I know. I'm so excited. The movie's going to be on FXM Saturday, February 4th. 7.35 p.m. So mark your calendars. Also, we have got the amazing, one of my favorites and my daughter's favorite, The Princess and the Frog. Of course, ah. voiced by Disney legend Anika Noni Rose. So mark your calendars because that is coming February 5th at 2.40 p.m. Eastern on Reform. Okay, I love that you guys gave me this last one, knowing that I know <laughs> essentially nothing about sports yeah. other than totally I think that there's a bowl that is super. <laughs> and in fact, this one's this one's a bowl that's pro. It is an NFL Pro Bowl. It is a sports special, I am told, that will be happening on Sunday, February 5th from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern time on ABC, ESPN Plus, and Disney XD. I'm not sure what this Pro Bowl is, but I'm sure it is a very nice bowl. It is a bowl. <laughs> perhaps it's made out of crystal. That feels very pro to me. I don't know. Uh, or, or it's just an optimistic bowl. It's a bowl that says yes. Yeah, you're not anti-bowl. It's a Pro Bowl. It's very oh, pro As bowl. long as the bowl has some guacamole, I think I'm good. Ooh, I like that. That's my favorite bowl. I love it. <laughs> On to our guest, who is an absolute treasure, a national treasure, if you will, she stars as the brilliant Jess on the Disney Plus original series, National Treasure, Edge of History. With the show's finale right around the corner, we are here to break down the twisty plot and love triangles. Please welcome to the show, Lisette Oliveira. Woohoo! Thank Yay! you, guys. That's a fun <laughs> intro. I loved it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You are adored, and we're going to get right into it. So, okay. We know you're probably asked this all the time, but we can't help ourselves. So, tell us, are you a good puzzle solver? <laughs> um, I think it depends on the puzzle. <laughs> you know, I have to solve how to get luggage into the backseat of a car or in the trunk, then I will solve my way to that. But I think the actual puzzles that are introduced in the show are a little too difficult for me to figure out. I have to get all the props. <laughs> 
I think that's fair. And I would say that probably how to get luggage into your car or how to pack a bag for a weekend is probably a more practical use of your puzzle solving skills. <laughs> Very I true. Myself. <laughs> <laughs> how familiar were you with the National Treasure films before you auditioned and how did that all happen? I was incredibly familiar with the films. <laughs> I definitely was a fan. I do have a vivid memory of me watching the second film in theaters with my parents. Like my head was resting on my mom's lap because, you know, I was young when you're agile and you're able to do that at the age of seven. And I was watching Ed Harris's character who basically drowned in the second film. And I was so upset. I remember crying and thinking oh. how the writers could possibly even do this to me and the rest of the audience because I did not want him to die. I mean, we didn't actually see him, so there's always, you know, you never know, maybe he survives, but yeah, I, I left the theater completely changed, and I really loved how, you know, the, the Wiverleys, who are also the writers of the series and the original films, how they created a villain that was likable in some way, you know? I understood him, and I was a fan ever since. I guess I didn't have any solid memories of the first film. I think it was a little too young, but I rewatched it while I was doing the audition process, and it was such an incredible movie. I mean, you always see different little pieces every single time you watch it. I think that's what makes National Treasure so magical. Mm. Totally. Well, yes. speaking of the original films, you got to work with two of the OG National Treasure stars, played by Justin Bartha and Harvey Keitel. What was it like for you filming those scenes? It was so much fun. The first person I got to work with was Harvey Keitel because I worked with him in the pilot. And I remember, you know, every day we were counting down the day until we got to say, oh, it's Harvey Keitel Day. <laughs> that is so funny. Hallmark has not made a card for that yet, but I, I see it coming. One day. <laughs> Be on the lookout. National Treasure fans are on the rise, even more so now. You know, they'll be creating their own holiday pretty soon. <laughs> I love it. When he got to set, it was so incredible to see his process. He takes his time and you can really tell he really cared about the story and the job that he did. And he was a really giving acting partner. It was really fun when, you know, they yelled cut and he would tell me stories about his life and how he got his start. To me, that was really inspiring as, you know, a starting actress. Flash forward, working with Justin in episode four was an incredible experience. He's so funny. And I think... What's special about him and what he brings to Riley's character is that he finds moments to find magic outside of the script. Actually, fun fact that because I wrote a podcast line with him and he, <laughs> he created that line and it was one of the funnest moments in the scene. So yeah, it was really special. I mean, I mean you, yeah. you guys trapped in that room. I mean, you like that's like a, the ultimate in scene study. Like you got nothing, you got one person you're working with. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, what techniques do we use? Is it Meisner? <laughs> but funny enough, when we were going through the process of how much oxygen are we actually losing in that scene, we were like, okay, where are we at? Are we on the floor? Are we doing this? Are we breathing heavy? Are we dizzy right now? When are we going to move the scene to the floor? And so we were working that all out throughout the entire week that we were filming that episode. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was funny because at some point when makeup was putting like blue on our lips, Mm -hmm. to kind of indicate that we were losing the oxygen in our body and we were dying and everything. We were like, I think now's the time with blue lips to sit on the floor. Like, we're pretty. We're <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> the magic of movie making. I mean, you get to work with stars. Like, hello, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Uh-huh. Okay, who is just fabulous as Billy. Yes. 
Do you have a favorite memory working with her? Oh, I have so many. You know, one of my favorite things about working with Catherine is she also made me feel really welcome. Recalling a bunch of stories that she had when she was younger and she let me know that when you start off, especially working on a project as big as this and doing TV and having really long hours, it can get really stressful. And so she always was willing to, you know, just be all ears whenever I had any questions about something. She's also very witty and has like created her own lines in the scenes as well, where she's improvised things that are really funny. I think we see it in episode six when we're finally, you know, working together for a majority of the time. And she says, oh, that looks like it belongs in the museum. And she goes, me or the sword. But that was all her. (laughs) 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 Really clever. And I I think what I have a really fond memory of is when she hugged me after we wrapped. And she was just telling me that, you know, it was really great to get to know me and to work with me. And that I remind her a lot of her when she started. So I'm like, you know, very period at that point. But can you believe, like, Catherine's good job. (laughs) was, you know, just really supportive of me and my work. So it was really awesome. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. You mentioned being young, starting out in your career. What's it like for you? What's the experience of watching the show and seeing yourself on screen? When I first saw the theme song or when I first heard it and I saw the cult opening intro and it said my name, I still couldn't believe it. You know, you can put it. I don't know, a thousand episodes and I probably will still never like feel like it's a dream or something. It's an incredible honor, first off, to be able to be at the forefront of the franchise and continuing the story. But more so, I, when I see myself on screen, I think about all the moments of all the people that created the show that I got to spend time with and the moments that, you know, were the before and after of every scene that I did. So it is hard for me to fully enjoy the show like the band can. Because I am like involved in all the little bits and pieces of, oh yeah, I know the words of that day, or I know what I was speaking in that moment. I wonder if it, you know, it reflects on screen. Like, again, it's a dream. I don't think I'll ever be able to really fully comprehend what I'm doing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm an actor. That's that's right. That's why I'm seeing myself. But also it just puts me into a deeper reflection of how grateful I am that I get to be here and do what I love. You, yeah. I'm going to follow that because you, you mentioned something twice and it spurred a question in my head about seeing yourself on screen, both quite literally, but I think the show is so great about authentic representation of different people. Okay. And I, I wanted your take on what that means to you as a young actor and what you're providing to young people who now get to see themselves on a screen in a way maybe they hadn't been able to before. You know, when I first read the breakdown of the character, I was incredibly happy. I didn't even get the part yet, but I just knew that because the role like this existed, I was really excited and was hoping that like one day I'd be able to play a strong character like that who's really smart and witty and funny, but she's stubborn because she's determined and, you know, she has her own life behind the adversities that life gives her, you know? And for me, I'm second generation. Well, I'm technically a 1.5. I always consider that because my my parents are from Mexico, but they came over when they were very young. So I kind of, you know, toy between the two. And it just meant a lot for me to see a young Mexican-American girl just kind of be the hero she was always supposed to be. And Mm -hmm. I mean, more so over that, you know, thinking about DACA and what that means to Jess's character, it meant a lot to hear from a lot of people, the hundreds of thousands of people who have DACA reach out and say, 
Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, this story meant a lot to me. It was nice to get to see my story reflected in some way on screen, even if, you know, it's through an adventure, a story that made me a little borderline, you know, crazy. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, just at the heart of it is that this young girl proves more than what life makes of her. She proves everyone wrong every single time. And I think that is so cool. Ugh, that That's- is so cool representation matters it really really matters Mm. well we've been loving the series in case you couldn't tell so many crazy twists (laughs) and listeners consider this your warning if you have not been keeping up with the show you may want to pause here and watch because we are headed into spoiler territory i repeat spoiler territory (laughs) here we go (laughs) all right how hard was it to keep the secret that jess's father was alive that was wild you know, it's crazy because I didn't even know that he was alive. I mean, I always had an inkling and when in discussion with the Liberalies when they're getting the breakdown of where Jess was going to go throughout the season, I had actually told them, I was like, so when does Jess's dad come back? And they go, what do you mean? Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm guessing maybe like episode six, seven, maybe. I mean, that seems about right with the trajectory. And they're like, we have no idea what you're talking about. And so flash forward, <laughs> the theory was correct. I was so excited because I think mm. that, especially in episode seven, when we find out that Jess's father is alive, still may or may not know who Salazar is. Right now it's not, you know, completely explained. But, you know, we see Jess finally hit her breaking point. And so I think that's so important for people to see because in the beginning you see how Jess is very, oh uh, gosh, relentless he just will jump off the edge of a cliff and just think about it later what has jumped you know and so i think that grounds her even more in that episode because we see how much she has longed for another family relationship in her life and one that she's always had with her mother she was very close and she had lost her a year prior when the story picks up it's a really excited moment that obviously i was not allowed to talk about (laughs) till now (laughs) It's really great now that we get to see Jess realize that she's a little bit more like her mother than she thinks, oddly enough, because, you know, in the beginning we talk about, oh, you know, Jess is always like her father. Her mother never wanted her to be like her father. And you even kind of see it in her wardrobe, actually. She starts becoming a little, in the beginning, she's a little bit young. And then she starts kind of, you know, growing into this flower, you know, she just starts flowering kind of more similarly to her mother. And when she realizes that her mother was always right and, you know, she's just kind of toying with these opinions and thoughts in her head that are exploding, she doesn't really know what to believe right now. But what she does know is that, you know, she has made it this far and knowing that her father is alive, I think she's willing to risk anything to explore it a bit more. She just always wants to give people chances. And I I think that's one of my favorite qualities about her. I feel like we need to back this up. Like you're like, oh, I'm not great at solving puzzles. And yet here you are predicting this <laughs> <Yeah>. massive twist. <laughs> Very good point, Jeffrey. This is beyond luggage puzzles. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's, it's part of the job. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Ethan and Liam. Gotta say, I am full team Liam. I feel like Ethan... Ethan was a bit like, not for Jess. I don't feel like he treated you right, at least, you know, at least thus far, at least not right enough. Now, without revealing anything, of course, who would Lizette want Jess to be with? Ooh, that is such a good question. I toy with it every single time, too, when 
a new episode I get to read comes out. But I will say in the beginning, you know, I had started building Jess's life off of the relationship with Ethan, funny enough. And a lot of things that aren't explained in the series, unfortunately, because some scenes that Ethan had were cut in post. And so we didn't really get to see him so far show his side that's really sensitive and vulnerable and willing um, to help Jess. And so I think I'm always going to be an Ethan fan because I know that he was the one that basically grew up with her like he was her sibling. And I know, obviously, we're talking about romantic relationship, but it is like this weird toy of like him wanting to protect her, but also knowing that he just, you know, when people see is selfish of him, of like him wanting to protect me and him saying, you know, Jess, you need to do this, Jess needs to do that, is why I think Jess keeps him around. Because I think he's always understood the dangers of just life in general. And Jess is constantly losing familial relationships. I think the reason why she's never wanted to pursue a relationship with Ethan was because she was afraid that she was going to mess up another quote unquote familial relationship that she had with Ethan growing up. And so we pick up the story of her kind of being like, will they, won't they, I don't know. And then when she meets Liam though, obviously sparks something in her. And I am also a Liam fan as well for Jess. <laughs> and partially because, you know, Jake Austin Walker, like Liam, brings like a lot of charm to Liam's character. Because when I first read Liam's breakdown, I was like, this guy's kind of a jerk. I was like, first of all, <laughs> how is he going to go ahead and just, you know, do whatever he says and, you know, kind of be, I don't know, just so confident that he knows he's going to get whatever, you know? <laughs> but, you know, w- when we were in the audition process and I saw Jake's, version of Liam I was like oh yeah that's someone that Jess would bring home to her mother if she was still alive you know what I mean so I'm always going to be going back and forth I love Ethan's relationship with Jess because of all the things that I know that the audience doesn't if that makes sense Mm -hmm. but right now I do see the chemistry between Jess and Liam and how they could work out with the treasure hunting lifestyle so we'll see how that goes (laughs) it's like the most diplomatic answer ever yes (laughs) (laughs) I honestly at this point I'm team Jess all the way so so do you need the love triangle I'm not sure but right now I just love that Jess is doing what she needs to do for herself period can I get an amen that's right (laughs) girls yes Miss Independent (laughs) all right so on the show Jess travels to many iconic locations now is there a favorite place that you'd love to visit oh my gosh there's so many. I personally love traveling. And so I'm hoping if we get a season two, knock on wood, not sure how that's going to go yet. But if we do, I would love to explore parts of Spain, maybe. Mm. I think the treasure that we talk about in this season can incorporate a lot of aspects of, you know, the Spanish and going over there. I actually learned that a lot of Mexican uh, artifacts are either lost in black market antiquity deals like we talk about in the show. Or they belong to European countries. So I think it would be cool maybe to see Jess go out and explore that avenue and see if she can reclaim some for Mexico. <laughs> Ooh. I like that. Well, you grew up in Southern California. Yes. So we've got to ask, did you go to Disneyland growing up? <laughs> oh my gosh, I went all the time. Yay! Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> my family and I had Disney passes, so we, we constantly went to Disneyland. And I remember when I was seven, we were watching the fireworks show. And I looked up and I wished upon a firework and a star. Oh. And I was oh. after. 
that I remember crying to myself and told myself a sec, you must never tell a soul until it comes true. And oh. I remember that story and I just thought to myself, I'm not even just an actor, but I'm also an actor for Disney, which is so full circle. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh my, oh my God, it. I love that. Okay. All right, yes. we, we got to do some Disney favorites with you then. Yes. Uh, Disneyland favorites with yeah. you then. All right. Favorite, uh, we're going to start big. Favorite Disneyland attraction? Splash Mountain. <laughs> Ooh. Yes. Okay, favorite Disneyland snack? The corn dogs. The corn dogs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is correct. Excellent <laughs> That's the one. Answer, right? That's the right answer. <laughs> favorite Disneyland park character? Ooh, yeah. Ooh, park character. Probably Donald Duck. Ooh. I okay. love seeing him walk around. He is just, I don't even know. I my, <laughs> will bring a smile to my face if I see the duck walk around. <laughs> Absolutely. I love Absolutely. It. <laughs> do you have a favorite Disney hotel to stay at? I do not, but I'm going to say all of them. <laughs> mm -hmm. I would like to answer. All them one day. <laughs> okay, this is kind of a wacky one. If you could live in any of the Disneyland lands, Ooh. Which one would you pick? Oh. Uh -huh. <gasps> Disneyland lands. Oh, uh, remind me of the name. What's the tried and true storybook uh, land? Fantasyland. Fantasyland. Thank you. Yes, Fantasyland. It's just the most heartwarming place. to. I literally skip every single time I'm there. Uh -huh. I know I'm 23. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm a little too old for that, but I don't care. We are transcending age here. I am going to skip at Fantasyland. When I am more than twice as old as that, and I still skip through Fantasyland. That's <laughs> right. And listen, I turn into a five-year-old every time I see Mickey, so it's okay. Uh, <laughs> you are my people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Do you have a favorite restaurant to go to there at the parks? I can't remember the name, but I always go to get the mint julep. And the uh, oh, the, the French Quarter. French Quarter. We actually just announced that's going to be changing into Tiana's Palace. They will still have mint juleps. Who is one of my favorite princesses? So <gasps> I was about to ask. I was just about to say that. I'm like, you got to tell us favorite Disney princess, <laughs> and it's Tiana. Yeah, Tiana. That's awesome. Love it. Love her. <laughs> yes, hardworking young lady. Absolutely. Yes. Sure, you get one more Disneyland question, then we'll move on. <laughs> one more Disneyland question. Hmm. Let's see. You know what I maybe what is the favorite ride that oh you know like when they take your pictures? Oh, your oh. attraction photo. <laughs> you know, oh, you're like <laughs> you know, I actually had the chance to go to Disneyland with my castmate from National Treasure oh. right after D23. And we rode the Incredicoaster several times. And uh -huh. it was partially because we got to get off that ride. Our hair was a mess. And we saw everyone's faces look like they were scrunched or like, you know, something wild. <laughs> but I absolutely love looking at the photos post Incredicoaster. Yes. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So let's talk. You went to D23 Expo last year with the cast and got on stage in front of thousands of Disney fans. What do you remember about that day? Besides going on the Incredicoaster. <laughs> <laughs> that was the next day. Nowhere. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh, there were so many incredible memories. The one that sticks out the most to me, though, is when we got to walk on stage and show everybody the trailer. I was speaking on the mic with Catherine, and there were so many people in that arena that when you looked to the right, 
you keep going like past the 180 degree angle and you go all the way up and there are heads like shadowed heads just looking and then you go all the way to the left and then you see shadow heads just looking and you're, you're thinking wow this this room goes on for miles first of all <laughs> and this is then even you know the beginning of all the people that disney can reach i mean it's just some amazing and after we had shown the trailer it was a little bit of justin bartha that he said oh you know how could i help out and you hear everybody go ah, like just screaming, <laughs> so excited cheering and it was just really good energy for d23 I, I really loved how everybody was so welcoming really kind and just their overall a really great experience oh well, on behalf of D23 and D23 Expo, we thank you. <laughs> we uh, sadly are, are at the end of our interview, but we ask everyone the same question at the end. And uh, having lived in Southern California, I imagine you might have quite a few of these, but what is your favorite Disney memory? My favorite Disney memory. I got to say, it's all those movies that I watched growing up. There's not one. I mean, I, I love you know, Ratatouille, I love The Princess Diaries. I love all these films that have allowed me to expand my imagination in the hopes that I get to do the same. And so I think, you know, Disney is just one of those childhood memories or is included in my childhood memories that I'll never forget. So I don't know, I don't think there's just one, but with each project, it makes me feel so much magic and it helps me bring joy into my life and my day to day whenever I need it. So those are all just the collective favorite memories of Disney. Oh, Aww. well, considering that you are now bringing joy into so many people's lives, it's nice that you are now a part of that legacy. <laughs> yes. And I will now forever wish upon a firework. Me too. I love that. Yes. I, that was my, my, I was like, you know, I'm going to Disneyland. Wish upon a firework. Don't tell anybody until it comes true, but like really put your whole, you know, hope yes. into it because it will happen. I, I love, love it. it. <laughs> Amazing. Oh. <laughs> you really are a treasure. Thank you for your time. Thank you guys so much. I had a little fun today. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Thank Lizette. You. Oh my gosh. Can we just talk about how amazing her energy was? Uh, yes. Amazing. Infectious. Infectious. She was really a joy. You know what? Zynga, you are a joy. And it has been such a joy getting to work with you. Hopefully, uh, maybe we'll get you back for some appearances. <laughs> yeah. But we've really just, it's been lovely getting to know you. And you will be much missed. But we know there's wonderful things ahead for you. So true. Thank you so much, Bruce, Paul, too. The ones in the background, I'll miss you as well. I want to thank you again. Thank you, everybody. Jeffrey, Sherry, uh, much love to thank you. Thank you, Zynga. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, speaking of someone with good energy, like our guest today, Zynga, you always bring the best energy every single week. I know you have so much going on beyond this podcast, and yet you always come here with just your best, brightest self, and I will miss you. I will miss you too, but girl, we are across the street from each other. We'll have some That's love. true. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again, everybody, for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And if you want to chat with us, hashtag D23 Inside Disney. And for all the latest Disney info, check out D23.com. And we'll be back next week with more Disney news and a fantastic guest on an all-new episode of D23 Inside, Inside Disney. Disney.